Welcome to Devotions in the Deep End. I'm Cam Buchanan, and this is a carefully crafted devotional journey through the New Testament. Let's venture into deeper water as we consider what it means to follow Jesus in the world we live in now. Welcome back to Devotions in the Deep End. Let's read from Luke chapter 12, verses 13 to 15. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. This is an interaction that triggers a couple of interesting ideas and one key teaching from Jesus. It opens with what appears to be a heated and awkward issue between two brothers. I say awkward because of the details we are given. An inheritance has been given to one brother, as was the custom, and the brother who is likely the younger one is calling on Jesus to make the older brother share it out. And this is not privately or discreetly either. It's out there for all to see. It is a man shouting in the crowd about such a touchy issue. The nature of such an exchange means nobody gets out of this interaction looking good. No matter who gets what they feel is justice, it would come at a cost that nobody wanted to pay. Author and speaker Kerry Newhoff recently made an excellent and true point that when it comes to relational conflict, if there is a winner, everybody loses. We're told by scholars that these sorts of interactions were not uncommon at the time. Rabbis were often consulted with the expectation that they could pronounce judgment over ethical issues such as this one. This was one way that the Jews tried to deal with things in-house. The alternative was seeking the help of Roman lawmakers and courtrooms, and that made things messy. So, for somebody to bring this to the attention of a rabbi indicates that there was at least some validity to the claim being made. It could be that the younger son felt they had pulled their weight more than the older son and felt more entitled to at least some of the estate. It could be that the father had made some promises to the younger son that other people were not aware of. It could also be that one party is knowingly withholding something from the other, and therefore a ruling is necessary for the wronged party to get what they are entitled to. So when we take all the information in, we can see that this man calling out to Jesus in the way he did is not as inappropriate as we might initially think. But Jesus, the rabbi they've engaged for this matter, just happens to be God in the flesh with a cross-shaped destination in his sights. In John chapter 5, verse 22, he said that the Father had entrusted all judgment to the Son. So all judgment would certainly include these micro-matters. But this is not what Jesus came to do in his earthly ministry. There is a macro plan in play that demanded more from him at this time. At the end of time, he will judge everything and everybody's actions and motives will be weighed up by him in a manner only known to him at this time. In his earthly ministry, some judgment would occur with a bigger picture in mind. Systemic issues in Israel's broken religion, and indeed the entire system itself, would be in his sights not long from here. And of course, the issue of sin and death would be dealt with at the cross. So trivial matters like this one could be left to other rabbis for the time being. That's the boundary he draws when he replies, who made me a judge between all you guys and these trivial things? However, there was a judgment he could make in this instance, something that only he was privy to. There was a heart matter that was affecting not just these two brothers, but the people as a whole, a systemic issue, not an individual one. 
and this is one of those things Jesus would engage with. This issue is called greed in the NIV, which is what I usually read from in these podcasts. But other translations use what is probably the better word, covetousness. The Hebrew word for covet in Exodus chapter 20 verse 17 means to delight in or to desire after, with a negative implication given God was saying not to behave that way. The idea was not to find delight or to desire the things that weren't yours to have. The Greek word being used here and in other New Testament passages is pleonexia, meaning the desire of having more or an ongoing sense of greed. Again, this came with a negative tone, suggesting the willingness to do anything to get the extra one desires, including extortion and fraudulent behavior. Matthew Henry wrote that it was not a lawful desire of getting his own, but a sinful desire of getting more than his own. Covetousness was a sin that was well covered in the Ten Commandments, but was seemingly ignored in the collective mind of Israel. But it was clearly a present and growing problem among God's people at that time. We know this because the Gospels show us how the Pharisees were called out regularly on their attitude to wealth and greed. Jesus calls them particularly out because it was their example that was being followed by the people. It was Francis of Assisi who said that men have confessed to me every known sin except the sin of covetousness. Covetousness is an internal problem that doesn't get a lot of attention through self-examination, and it can only really be dealt with once it makes a public appearance, like in this instance, the public bitter contention of a will. To use this word would have been shocking to the crowd because the thought of being that deceptive and that sinful would have been a rather confronting thing. Could it be that the matter between the brothers was something darker than what either party realizes? Could it be that one was holding improper power over the other with this matter? Could it be someone being greedy for more than what was theirs? Or is it simply a warning shot across the bow of the people? I kind of feel like it may be the latter here, with Jesus calling everybody present to keep in mind the bigger picture of life. The message translation takes that last verse and words it like this. Life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. Your possessions are not what makes you, well, you. And more importantly, your abundance does not define you in the greater scheme of things. One day, Jesus will judge us, and he is going to be looking for far more than a resume of accumulation. Now, there is a parable coming in the next episode that speaks directly into this idea. After we've completed the point Jesus is looking to make, we will reflect on where we are at with that. But first, let me ask a primer question in this time. In what ways are you living richly? Towards yourself and the things pertaining to you, or towards God and the things that matter deeply to Him? Are you living in pursuit of a life that is never enough, or looking to the one who is more than enough? I will leave those questions with you and see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. To stay in touch, like our Devotions in the Deep End Facebook page and subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, be sure to put up a rating and even a comment if your platform allows for it, as this will help others know what to expect. I look forward to catching up next time.